Glad you're here again today. Why don't we tell them thanks for our lunch today. What a great lunch we have every week. Again, glad that you're here today. We've got about 100 guys here today. I uh, want to see our men's lunch continue to grow. The, the, the best thing we can do is see this thing filled up with men who desire to follow Jesus Christ and then to know biblically what that looks like. So I want to encourage you every week, think about who you can invite, who you can pick up, and who you can have to join you here every single Thursday. Today, we're going to keep going in our study in 1 Peter. We've been going verse by verse through 1 Peter, letting God speak to us through his word. Uh, we're going to continue going through verse by verse today. We are moving to the third chapter. As we move to the third chapter today, uh, really it's a pretty interesting thing to see how the topic turns as we now move into this third chapter. Uh, now remember the context here. Uh, Peter has been talking to Christians uh, who have been persecuted. He's been talking to Christians. These folks put their faith in Christ because of that. Their friends have turned against them. Their family, some of them have disowned them. And they've actually been chased out of their towns, uh, even, even some of them out of their country. And so uh, the Bible tells us when you start First Peter, these, these folks are strangers in a strange land. And it wasn't because they went on vacation. It wasn't because they started to go somewhere and start a business. It's because of their faith in Christ and the persecution against their faith that they're finding themselves in these positions. Well, uh, he has been telling them how to live as a follower of Christ in these conditions. And that's really what the letter is about. Uh, hey, you thought when you put your faith in Christ, we're just going to wait for him to come again. All these great things are going to happen. We're forgiven of our sin. But then they find themselves in these situations they never expected. And he's really just telling them, this is how to live as a Christian in these conditions. Now think about what he's been telling them. He's been talking about Christ and the fact that we need to focus on Christ. He's been talking about their witness and what they do and how they respond is going to matter. Your witness is going to matter, especially in this land where they do not know Christ. And he's been telling them in the last two weeks that they can expect to suffer. As a Christian, if, if they will take a stand for the truth of the gospel, if they'll take a stand for the truth of Jesus, they are going to suffer. Now, he's made that very clear the last two weeks. I want to tell you today, the truth still stands today. If you will. And if we will stand for Christ and if we'll stand for the truth of God's word, we're going to be opposed to the world. We're going to be enemies of the world. We're going to be opposed to Satan. And the, and the truth still stands. You will suffer if you take a stand for the truth of Jesus Christ. Well, he's been telling them those things. This is how you live in these conditions. And it's pretty interesting now as he moves to the third chapter. In the midst of that, he then turns and he starts to talk about marriage. Now think about that for a second. Doesn't that seem odd? Doesn't that seem really out of place? Of all the things that they're going to need to know, of all the things that they're going to need to hear as persecuted followers of Christ, isn't it odd that now in the third chapter, he starts to talk about marriage? Well, actually, here's the truth today, and we're going to see it in the context. The truth of today is this. Our marriages are to support us, to help us as followers of Jesus Christ. Now that's talking both to men and to women. Our marriages are to help us, are to strengthen us, are to support us as followers of Jesus Christ. And the second thing, our marriages also are to point other people to the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. 
Now think about that. Here they are and they're in persecution. Here they are in situations they never thought they would find themselves. The world is, is railing against them. And he says, you know what? Your marriage is to be a blessing, is to be a thing that's going to strengthen you in this. But at the same time, your marriage is also to point others to the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. I want to tell you in all situations, but especially in this situation, our married lives absolutely matter. And so Peter now, in God's directing, takes up this subject. So it's not a weird place for this to happen. It's an awesome place. That in the midst of this, he says, your married life absolutely does matter. Now we're in chapter three. I'm gonna read the first seven verses together and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about them. First Peter chapter three says this, in the same way, now it's gonna to talk to wives first. You wives, be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives. As they observe your chaste and respectful behavior, your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in the former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Verse seven, you husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Now I want to point out some things here. And the first thing that he's, he's talking to uh, are some truths that are applied uh, to women in marriage. Now I'm going to go ahead and talk about those a little bit today. The first thing he talks about are some truths that are applied to women in marriage. The first truth is this. The wife is to submit to the husband. That is the biblical truth. That is the biblical direction. The wife is to submit to the husband. And what that means is this. There is a submitted order in our homes. There is a submitted order in our marriages. Now be sure and understand this. It's not a ranking of values. Well, this person's more valuable than the other. It's, it's not that one is less than the other. It's not that one is more or less needed than the other. But there is a submitted order in the home. Now, the best way for me to, to think about that and to understand that is to look at the Trinity. Now, think about that for just a second. Here's God the Father, and then here is Jesus the Son. Now, we know Jesus is fully God. Now, he is equal uh, to God the Father. He is fully God. In fact, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And yet, notice in, in the life of Christ, in God's plan, Jesus says, not my will be done, but thine. And so is he equal? Yes. Does he hold that position? Yes. But he, he willingly submits to the will of the Father. There is a submitted order. And let me, let me say this right here. It's speaking to the, to the women here, but there's a message here in this already for the men, and it is this. If God calls your wife if he calls the women to submit to you, then it must mean this. 
You're to be the godly, God-honoring head of your home. That's the first thing we see today. You know what? If she's supposed to submit to you, if there is a submitted order in the home, it means this. You're to be the godly, God-honoring head of your home. Now, we have a lot of men today, and I'm just going to be very honest with you. We have a lot of men today who want to be the man of the house, but they don't want to stand up and act as the godly head of the house. And I'll just tell you, there's a big difference in that. You are under God's directing, according to his word, to lead your home. Now the world's messed that up and we've bought into it as men and our homes are starting to show, show the effects of that. You know what? It's a whole big different deal to be not just the man of my house, but to be the godly God honoring leader in my home. This has become perverted. We, we want to rule, but we do not want to lead in our home. Let me tell you this. Your wife, your kids, and I'm just going to go ahead and take it out of the context here, even in the context here of being a stranger in a strange land, even the lost neighbors are to see Jesus Christ in your home. And that's what we're seeing here. You know what? How do I operate as a persecuted Christian in a strange land, in a strange place? You know what? It's going to take a strong marriage relationship. Yes, there's a submitted order in my home. But you know what? Your wife and your kids and even the lost neighbors are to see Jesus Christ in your home. They're to be taught the truth of Jesus Christ in your home. And it is to be led by you as the godly leader of your home. Let me show you something else here. The verse, that first verse says this, so that even if they, and that's talking about the men of the husband, so that even if they are disobedient to the word. Now what that means is, is the man is not living according to what God has said. It probably means the man is lost. Now, he could be saved and not following what God has said, but it, but it probably means the man is lost. It says, so that even if, the, if they are disobedient to the word, that they may be one by this example of the wife. See the goal here, that he might be one. That's the goal. By the example, by the submitting of the wife and the trusting in God of the wife. Not the nagging of the wife, not the preaching of the wife, but the submitting to God and the trusting of God of the wife, the goal is that that man would be one to Jesus Christ. Here's the deal. And I'm just gonna tell you, here's the Here's the truth. Your wife wants, she desires her husband to lead her home. That's what she wants. She wants a godly man to lead her home. Now, they may say that to you. They may not say that to you. They may not even know that. But I want to tell you, I believe the truth is they are built and they desire to follow a godly man who will stand up and lead his home. That is God's biblical plan. Now, I've said it about 10 times in our men's lunch. I've said it over and over. But I want to tell you, I I truly believe this. The greatest thing that can happen in our nation, and I watched the news today, the the National Day of Prayer, and, and folks are praying and talking about the messed up thing our nation's become. The greatest thing that can happen in our nations, the greatest thing that can happen in our church, the greatest thing that can happen in our homes, the greatest thing that can happen for our kids and for our wives is for men to stand up and upon the truth of God's word to lead their home in a godly manner. 
We can pass laws and we can go up there and we can pray at the, at the steps of the, at the Capitol, whatever we want to do. But I want to tell you, the greatest thing is that men filled with the Spirit of God, led by the Word of God, would stand as the godly leaders in their homes. How sad that she would have to submit and she would have to live in a way that somehow this man just might get it. Now that's the goal, I understand that, but what, what a sad thing that she has to say, you know what, I understand what God has said and I'm gonna submit to that and I'm gonna trust him and just hope that this man gets it. Men, we have the direction of God's word. We don't need her to tell us to get right. We ought to get right under the direction of his word. Men are to lead in their homes. Tell you this, if we shut it down right here and you leave, you know what? Bless your wives, bless your home, bless your kids. Be the godly head of your home. Peter then continues to go on here and we can read it a little bit here. Uh, he further instructs the women. We're not gonna go real deep on it, uh, but he, he continues to talk about the roles of the women. He says in verse two that they're, they're to be chaste, they're to be really considerate, uh, they're to be respectful. Uh, really, it means not outrageous, that first word. They're to be respectful. Uh, verses three and four says they're not to be worried only about the external things. And it gives a listing here. They're not just supposed to be worried about braiding their hair and the jewelry, the gold that they're going to wear. It's not to be about their, their dresses, the clothes that they wear. But he, but he tells them here it's not just to be the external, but they're to be concerned with the internal. They're, they're to be concerned with heart issues. And it, and it tells us here a gentle spirit and a quiet spirit. And we can look at that, but really it means this. They're not to be an agitator in the home. They're not to be stirred up and they're not to bring chaos into the home. It's not supposed to be about all the drama that they can bring in, but they're to have a gentle spirit and a quiet spirit and not to be worried about what they're wearing and their external things, but having a heart that looks like that. Continues on, verses five and six, it gives an example of godly women from the past says, you know what, these women that honored God and their desire was to honor God, this is what they did. And then it tells us about Sarah and Abraham. And so it finishes up that discussion there with the, with the wife, with the female. Then we turn to verse seven. It says this. You husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. In verse seven, he starts to talk to the man and notice it says this, in the same way. Now, sometimes we think, you know what? She has to submit and I'm not gonna submit. I wanna tell you, it's in the same way. There is a role. In fact, there are some roles that we have to submit to under the direction, under the leading of God. And so it's not her submitting alone. We also have to submit. We in the same way, you also in the same way. And then it tells us here three of the roles, three of the actions that we're to submit to as a godly man leading our home. First, it says this, live with your wives in an understanding way. Live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, what that means is this, you are to consider your wife. Now, that's a pretty deep statement. You are to consider your wife. Now, as the head of your home, it's not a free-for-all. 
It's not just what you want and what you think is best. You are to consider your wife. You're to live with her in an understanding way. You're to consider her welfare. You're to consider her needs. And you are to go through life making your decisions considering your wife. You as the head of your home, and I don't know, we're not, we're not saying this enough today, but you as the head of the home, you're to make sure as far as it depends upon you that her needs are met. Well, she might, she might not, and this and that. No, as the head of your home, it's your, it's your job, it's your role to consider her and to make sure her emotional needs are met, that her physical needs are met, and that her spiritual needs are met. And she's supposed to have that because you're leading the home in a godly way. As a Christian man, you're to consider your wife. Sometimes we get that wrong and thinking, you know what? I'm going to consider me. I'm going to consider what I want and she can tag along with me. No, you lead your home by considering your wife. Second thing it says is this. In the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. As someone weaker since she is a woman. As someone who is weaker since she's a woman. Now, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says here. The Bible says of your wife, of a female, she is equal in her standing before God. You make sure of that. She is equal in her worth and her value before God, before us as well. You understand this. She's not a lower value. She's equal in her value, the value of her purpose. Her purpose is as needed and as necessary as any man's purpose. She's equal in the value of her purpose. It's not talking about here that she's weaker intellectually. It's not meaning that she's weaker in her mind. And I'll just be very plain here. The world doesn't want to hear it. Feminists today don't want to hear it. It's talking about physically. She is weaker physically. Now, that's a long gone thought today, but understand, being a man... Physically, listen to this, you're to protect your wife. Physically, you're to tend to the needs of your wife. Physically, you're to serve your wife as the one who is physically stronger, as the physically stronger partner. Now, what that means in, practical, in a practical picture is this. She should be confident and she should be safe with you and because of you. Physically. Now, I'll just tell you, from how you treat her, and there's some guys that treat their wives physically pretty poorly, but from how you treat your wife physically to how you open up a jar of pickles to how you're willing to fight a pack of crazy wolverines, you're to physically defend and protect and stand for your wife. Well, I thought we're all the same. I thought she's as strong as me. No, the Bible says as the, as the weaker person, as the weaker partner physically, you have a, you have a responsibility to defend and protect and to serve your wife. First thing, we consider her. Second thing, physically you take care of her. Third thing, you honor her. You honor her. Rest of the verse continues on. It says this. And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Show her honor. I looked up the, the meaning for the word honor. To honor means to hold or to place in a revered position. Now think about your relationship with your wife. You're to, to hold her and to place her in a revered position. Another, another definition said to bestow honor 
upon. Now, now what that means is this. The Bible says very clearly, as a Christian man, you're to love your wife. The Bible says you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church, even giving himself for the church. Yes, you're to love your wife, but you're also to honor your wife. She should not feel degraded by you. She should not feel neglected by you. She should not feel ignored by you. She is to be honored and be, have honor heaped upon her by her husband. That's what it says our role is. Now, it's going it's to go on and, and move down some other stuff, but you know what? In a world that's turned against us, in a world that hates us as followers of Christ that would stand upon the truth of God's word, God knew that we would need a marriage to strengthen us, to encourage us, but he also knew it would point to Jesus Christ as people see the messed up world, but then they see a God-honoring marriage. And in the center of that God-honored marriage is Jesus Christ. And right underneath him is a husband who points to him. That's the biblical plan that we find here. Now, how serious is this? Let me show you. It's pretty serious. Listen to the last of the verse. So that your prayers will not be hindered. Do these things, men, so that your prayers will not be hindered. I need God to hear my prayers. I need God to answer my prayers. I need my prayers not to be hindered. The Bible says, you know what? In this thing, how I treat my wife depends, correlates to God hearing my prayers. It's that serious. Say it again. Greatest thing that can happen in this room, we walk out here today and say, you know what? I've messed up. God, forgive me. I've taken on a different role than I should have had. I've neglected the role that I did have. But you know what? I'm going I'm to lead in my home. And, and she's going to be able to submit. And she's going to be able to submit knowing that, that her husband follows Jesus Christ and is directed by his word. Greatest thing that could happen. Kids, greatest thing that could happen. Wives, greatest thing that happened. Our nation, the greatest thing that happened is that men said, you know what? I'm going to exist as the godly leader of my home. Glad you're here today. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for the truth of your word. I'm thankful that you lay it out. I'm thankful that when the world would try to deny it or distort it or push it away, that the truth is still standing in your written, recorded word. I pray for families today. I pray for homes today. I pray for wives that they would understand the truth of their role, that there is a submitted order, not of, not of value, but a submitted order in the home, and they would follow that, and that you would bless that, and you would use that. Some lost man might find Jesus Christ, but more than that, that a saved man will be blessed, and together their witness will be strengthened. I pray for men in this room today. I pray that we would understand Here's the direction. And it's not up for debate and it's not up for a vote. Here's the direction. I pray that we would physically care for our wife and protect our wife. I pray that we would consider our wife and she would know she's not gonna miss a meal. She's not gonna be without a roof, that I'm not gonna overrun her, but I'm gonna consider her in every decision. I also pray that, that I would have this, the wherewithal and the smarts to honor my wife. Because in doing so, it honors you and it pleases you. I pray for men in this room to take this to heart and homes to be changed. We come today and tell you we love you. We're thankful for your truth. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.